Cornucopia Radio presents Back in the Saddle Written by Janice Sampson And performed by Jenny Derbyshire I went to a wedding a few weeks ago actually I wasn't impressed I mean, call me old-fashioned if you will, but to me, if you're celebrating the exchange of vows and nuptials and all things matrimonial, it should be conducted with dignity and in keeping with the sense of occasion, and certain things should be observed. Sat at a table with a knife and fork, name tags, a nice decorative centrepiece and crisp white napiery, polite, tasteful. Not like some bloody piss up in the OK Corral with a pork pie and a bum fight. Awful plastic cutlery and some fag dangling woman with a black bag coffin. Have you done with that, love? I wasn't going to go, to be honest. Oh, come on, Rita. That's me. It won't be the same without you, said the bride-to-be. She reckons she's only 37. 37, my eye. She's waving at that bugger from a long way back. 30 bloody seven? Ha! Well, if she is, she must have had a long and torrid childhood, topped off by the world's most arduous paper round. My friend looks much better, and she's 58. Oh, very smart she is. Stylish, elegant, classy. Unlike the future bride, who does for classy like lumps do for custard. Anyway, do say you'll come, Rita, she said. It's going to be lovely. No expense spared. We've pulled out all the stops. We're having a buffet. It's French. Yes, I said. So is mad. But then shit's shit in any language. I think she regretted asking me for a moment. A travelled-on smile wavered ever so slightly. <laughs> Don't talk, Rita, she said. You and your little jokes. It was a civil ceremony, upstairs in the pub where the bun fight, oh, sorry, buffet was going to be. There wasn't a central aisle. The seating was arranged so as to form two aisles that started at the outside back edge, then passed through the guests to merge together at the front. Unfortunately, that meant we all got a good look at both of them. She in a too tight white frock, he in a too large white trouser suit. I don't know if his teeth were his own, but his hair certainly wasn't. Someone tittered behind me. Then a couple of others joined in. I didn't. I was transfixed. I'd taken one look at that René and Renata moment at the front and was immediately transported back to 1979, and my own marriage to Malcolm. We both wore white trouser suits, as was fashionable in 1979. Whatever I saw in him, I will never know. He insisted on wearing his underpants when we made love. Not normal, is it? His mother confided in me once. You do know our Malcolm only has one testicle, don't you, Rita? I nearly replied that he could have had a white rabbit down there as far as I knew, but I didn't. It didn't last. 
The best thing to come out of that union were the twins, Sarah and Sam. I was on the rebound, you see, from my first husband. The love of my life. I still love him now. We met at school, married when we were just 17. We were like two peas in a pod. We shared everything. Neither of us knew much about bedroom athletics, but I didn't half enjoy finding out. And then it changed. He lost weight. Looked dreadful. I thought he was ill. He started to snap at me over little things, stupid things. And then one day he punched me. I don't know who was more hurt or surprised. Of course, then it all came pouring out. Amid floods of tears, he told me everything. And the next day he took me to meet Oliver. The reason behind his torment and who it transpired turned out to be the love of his life. I was maid of honour for both of them at their civil ceremony and they well, they're the godparents to all my kids. Oh yes, more marriages followed Malcolm. Another two and kids, four more, three boys and a girl, brothers and sisters to Sarah and Sam. And in between relationships, three or oh, four if you count the wanker from Worksop. That's why I hate weddings if you must know. They remind me of all my failings and each and every one of them came coursing back to me as I sat and stared at those daft beggars, stood love-struck at the front, exchanging rings and sucking each other's faces off. Jaded, that's what my friend said I was, later when we were having a drink at the reception. Just because you've had a bit of bad luck. A bit of bad luck, I interrupted her. Oh, all right then, Rita. A bit more bad luck than the rest of us. It still doesn't mean you have to lock your heart up altogether. She didn't understand. I told her. I said, there's not much of my heart left. It's nearly all sticking tape and blue tack. And what bit is left I fully intend to hang on to. Which is when what felt like a gallon of pale ale gushed over my head like a tidal wave. What the bleeding hell? I gasped and spluttered. You daft... Oh, I'm sorry, lass. I really am, this voice said. Our eyes just locked together. Rita Fosdyke, he asked, as I stared at him, beard dripping off the end of my nose. It is, isn't it? He said. Bloody hell, I said. Jimmy Mitchell. I'd not seen him since I was seven. We sat next to each other at Sunday school. He used to carry my books and kiss my cheek. I'd forgotten all about him until he chucked his beer over my head. Just when I'd declared myself a man-free zone, up pops Jimmy Mitchell. Bless him. Oh, well. Here goes. Back in the saddle, as they say.
on stage with Shirley Bassey, written by Janice Sampson and performed by David Chafner. Yeah, you can see us come to clean out your bungalow, can't you? Does know, but does it all. Dopey, daft, chuffed David. No sign of the band of brothers, as per. I'm here though, aren't I, eh? As per. The bungalow wants sorting out, David. You'll not forget, will you? No, mother. I'll not forget. Did I bloody ever? No. Don't worry. I'm not one of those psychopathic nutters who carry their dead mother around talking to her. Although I have took to taking her with me on occasion, but only now and again. No more than that. I'm not cracking up. I don't go around showing her things and sharing my days with her. Well, not all of them. It wouldn't be right, would it? People would start to talk. I might even upset the wife, Brenda. She could, I suppose, even pack her bags and go, perhaps. Maybe. In the extreme. Only for a couple of weeks or so. She said she'd phone. She's not been herself. Oh, we've tried to cheer up, haven't we, Mother? But I'm just trying to work out what to do with her. My mother, not Brenda. We, Mother and me, had a bit of a love-hate relationship. I loved her and she hated me. I can just hear her now. I may love you, David, but I don't like you very much. Oh, I know exactly what she meant, because once or twice I could quite happily have taken a chlorhammer to her. There were two things that she really, really loved. Shirley Bassey and Pontifrat Cakes. She had everything Shirley ever recorded. Vinyl, tape, CDs, DVDs. She knew every song off by heart and never wasted an opportunity to howl one out at his Apex Spender. <laughs> she loved that one. Boy, could she let rip to that. The minute you walked in the joint. <laughs> if you came to visit and she was sat listening to Shirley and chewing on a Pontifrat cake, you knew all was well in the world. Oh, I haven't a clue what to do with her. I was going to lob a bit of her in a tin of emulsion, but it makes for a gritty texture and doesn't lend itself well to today's preferences for a flush finish. <laughs> you see, I'd just put the first coat on the back wall in our bedroom when Brenda came in. Have you got some grit on your brush, David? she asked. I was just trying to find a way to explain when she spotted the urn with the lid off. Don't be daft, as if I would. Me own mother. I can't believe she fell for it. Anyway, when I got downstairs, there was a note. We need some space, Brenda had written. Said she thought it macabre painting me mother on the wall, especially our bedroom wall. I don't think it's macabre. I had planned on putting a bit of her in each room. She wrote that she thought it grotesque. That's a bit rich, coming from somebody who had their own father made into Christmas tree decorations and him a devout Jehovah's Witness. She thought I ought to talk it over with a professional. Can you credit it? I mean, it's not like it really is me mother and she's on the wall looking at us, is it? It would only be grit and dust. Grit and bloody dust. Well, if Brenda thinks grit's got eyes, um, she ought to discuss that with her professional, yeah. Perhaps I'll lay that one on her when she's had her space and she phones in a fortnight. I'm sorry. We really got to meet, did? I haven't a clue what could have come over her. She'll come round. I hope. My mother liked her as well. Isn't it strange? I can actually smell my mother. All Elnet hairspray with a hint of yardly cheek. Mind you, 
Her vapours are probably embedded in these walls because she wouldn't have a window open. Oh, no. She used to drive me dad mental when he was alive. It can be 400 degrees outside and your mother will not let me have that bloody bedroom window open. He'd wheeze and puff. It was cruel, really. He'd got a shocking chest. They loved each other, though. Her and me dad. You could see it in their secret glances and the way they smiled at each other. Especially it was. He was only 55 when he died. Might have lived a bit longer if she'd let him open a window. She were dead opposite with us, of course. Four of us, brothers. We all shared the back bedroom. It didn't matter if it was minus 27. We had to have our window open. And guess whose bed was right next to it? Yes, that's right. Don't moan, David. It'll make you hardy, she used to say. <laughs> Made me sound like a chuffing perennial. See, she'd have loved a daughter. Sharing all that girly stuff, making pretty dresses instead of curtains and soft furnishings. Unfortunately, she got us. Aye, she yearned for pink and frills and got muck. Especially with me. <laughs> Rugby shirts, cricket whites, muddy football boots. She, she wasn't a fan of sport or the open air. <laughs> so, I took her to the park this morning. Come on, mother, I said. You'll love it. It were a bit breezy, mine, and she hated the wind. I could almost feel her spinning in her urn. I took her to the tennis courts, bowling green, pitch and put, the last half hour of a footy game. Oh, it was magic. We'd just crested the hill when a gust of wind whipped a lid off and sucked up a good handful like a mini tornado. Oh, she spread herself across picnics, kids' ice creams, the duck pond, until finally she came to a swirling finish at fine leg on the cricket pitch. Good effort, I thought. I was well impressed. That's why I've put sticking tape on the lid. Stop it happening again. <laughs> Before I came in here, I popped a bit of her in the back garden. Oh, she loved a garden. Brenda and me were going to put Mum in a couple of places. There was no point putting her in just one. Lots of places were special to her. She spent her last few weeks in a care home. She'd started to fall a lot and... Well, we kept the bungalow on for a while. Well, you're living hope. Mum did like the care home, though. She developed a fondness for one particular bench and liked to sit on it in the sun. So I nipped back last night under cover of darkness, took out the screws one by one and popped a bit of her in each hole before putting it back together. You can sit on that bench whenever you want now. She liked the cinema too, so I've left a bit of her in the Odeon. Screen seven, her lucky number. <laughs> Aye. I shook some in a light fitting. She'll have a cracking view from that back wall. She was Scottish, yeah. She came from Glasgow, very strong ties north of the border, so we thought we'd take a bit of a back. I've ordered two of these little containers off the internet, lovely little things they are, look like Faberge eggs. They're not, obviously, <laughs> they're especially designed for ashes. We're going to put some of mum in them and take one to Scotland and put the other in the church where she and dad got married. I think my mother would approve. So, that leaves this little lot. It's surprising how much there is. I thought there'd only be a cupful or so. There must have been a couple of pound in there to begin with. I'd run out of ideas and was finding myself at the head-scratching stage. She went on holidays, but nowhere special. She didn't have any hobbies to speak of. And then, 
Ta-da! Will you look at that? Turn your loved one into a diamond. Oh, she'd love that. Wouldn't you, Mum? A bloody diamond. Hey, maybe I could write to Shirley Bassey. Tell her what a huge fan my mother was and how much she loved her. I could tell her that we've had mother turned into a diamond and see if she, Shirley Bassey, would consider sewing her biggest fan onto one of her frocks. I could have mother's diamond specially mounted. Imagine that, Mum. You'd be on one of Shirley's outfits. You'd be on tour with Shirley Bassey. You, my mother, Margaret Mackenzie, would actually be on stage with Shirley Bassey. Bloody hell. I'm going to go and find Brenda. The minute you walked in the joint I could see you were a man of distinction A real big spender Good looking, so refined Say, wouldn't you like to know what's going on in my mind So let me get right to the point I'd pop my cork for every man I see Time with me. Auntie Nancy's Hat Pin, written and performed by Janice Sampson. Oh, thank you. Thank you, officer. Oh, this is more like it. It's not got that smell. Stale sweating and vomiting and things that make your eyes water. Oh, horrible. I don't do communal very well. Yes. Yes, I'm starting to recover now. Now that I'm away from those thieves and vagabonds and bloody murderers. Well, they look like murderers to me. Tattoos and piercings. Piercings? I thought that young man had an aerial on his head. I didn't mean to stare. Anyway, thank you, officer. Oh, hello. I'm Audrey. Audrey Williams. Right. Yes. Is, is that red paint you've got down your dress, love? Only I've not got my glasses on, you see. And... Oh, it is, isn't it? Oh, what a shame. Oh, you've spoilt it, haven't you? You'll have a right job getting it out, you know. Yes, it'll take some real shifting. Mind you, it does look like emulsion, so you might be in with a chance. No, 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 don't cry. I'm sure it'll wash. Ah, perhaps a bit of vanish on it, eh? <laughs> Loves the jobs you hate. What a place to find yourself in, eh? It's better than through there, though. Oh, dreadful. Have you been through? No, you're lucky. Awful place. I could feel myself starting. My heart thumping, head pounding, sweats coming up from my feet like a steam train. I told him, I said, I cannot be in here. I can't, you'll have to let me out. I mean it, I can't stand this, I can't, I'm menopausal. <laughs> that nice officer took one look at me and, well, he brought me through here. Some women under the menopausal umbrella get away with murder. Oh, you've some need to stare. They do, love, it's a fact. There's this shoplifter goes in our club. 
She's quite good, actually. You order one week and she brings it in the next. But my point is, whenever she gets caught, and she does quite regularly, well, she turns on the waterworks, feigns memory loss, tells them she's menopausal and they just slap her wrist and send her home. Not me, though. No such luck. One little misdemeanour and I get clapped in irons. Oh, come on, love, wipe your eyes. Do you want a tissue? I shouldn't be in here at all, actually. Oh, I know that's what they all say, but in my case, it happens to be true. It's our Bill's fault. That's my brother. Oh, bugger it, Audrey, he said. Let's go in fancy dress. Ah, Bernard. That's my other brother as was. Loved a laugh. We spent hours in the club pondering who to go as. Ah, Bill finally picked Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby, I said. That's not very exciting. All you need is a pipe and a pork pie hat. Happen a check jacket and big ears. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Ba, 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 ba. No, I fancied something a bit more. After a couple of gins, I hit on just the thing. Ah, Bernard was a big fan. <laughs> you leave it to me, Bill said. I'll let everybody know what we're planning. They'll talk about this for years. <laughs> yes, you see, the trouble with our Bill is half the time is away with the fairies and the other half is away with Stella Bloody Artois. Cost me a flaming fortune, that outfit. I cut all the extras, leather trim, cuff, boots, strapping, you name it, I got it. What a waste. It's in the crime lab now. Crime lab, I said. What do you think it is, CSI Sheffield? The next thing I know, this great white van pulls up with crime scene investigation, Sheffield written on the side. I could hardly believe me eyes. They took me outfit away and chucked this at me to put on. Hardly Madonna, is it? I don't know if I was fortunate or unfortunate to arrive late for the service. You'll be late for your own bloody funeral, you will, my husband used to say. Bless him. I missed his altogether. Oh, I knew he'd gone. I'd spent three days holding his hand in the hospital. But part of me, well, part of me just couldn't take it in. I can remember going to the supermarket and piling my trolley up with all his favourite things and then baking till all hours into the night. Scones, quiches, pies, buns, cakes. I did so many sandwiches, they were everywhere. And any drink you could have wanted, I'd catered for. I was determined, you see. Determined that he'd have the best send-off I could possibly give him. When it came to his service, I found myself on Barnsley Market buying sheets. I'd never been to Barnsley. When I got home, they were all there. Relatives, friends, neighbours. I could feel them all nudging each other and staring. I saw my son. Did you have a nice time, love? I asked him. He gave me such an odd look. Are you all right, Mum? He said. No, not really, love, I said. I think I'll have a lay down. It was a Tuesday. The window cleaner had been. I can remember picking his card up and putting it on the hall table as I passed and thinking, bloody window cleaner. He always manages to come when I'm skint. I went upstairs. Put my pyjamas on, brushed my teeth 
and tucked myself up into bed and, oh, I went out like a light. The next thing I know, my son's shaking me awake. Come on, Mum, come on, it's time for you to get up. You what, I said. I've only just shut my eyes. You haven't, Mummy told me. You haven't, it's Saturday. Saturday, I said, I couldn't believe it. I looked at my digital clock. It was right. It was. Four days I'd slept. Four days. Grief, eh? It does funny things to you, does grief. So, anyway, there I was, wasn't I, at the crematorium for our Bernard service. And I was having a, a chicken soup bagel moment. Do I go in? Do I wait outside? Do I wait outside? Do I go in? And then I saw this cigarette stub burning away on the gravel. Almost full it was. And I thought, more money than sense some folk have. And then it dawned on me. I bet they haven't been in there very long. Right, I thought. And for reasons that will become very obvious, I gingerly sidled to the door, opened it, went in, closed the door behind me and turned around. Which is when I noticed that everyone else was soberly dressed. Well, everyone apart from yours truly. Zena. Warrior Princess. <laughs> Talk about a fish out of water. The vicar's jaw dropped, his set off coughing, and I thought his eyeballs were going to shoot clean out of his head. I dare not move, you see, because all my weaponry clanked and jangled if I did. Which was very lucky for Arbel, because I felt like marching up that aisle and twatting him one, quite frankly. Mind you, in fairness, it did explain later what had happened and why it was all his fault. And for the most part, everyone was sympathetic. Well, everyone apart from Muriel, that is. She's our Bernard's eldest. Brought up without a mother, yes. She buggered off with a Grattan delivery driver when Muriel was seven, and it shows. She's a hatchet-faced cow. How dare you come to my father's funeral dressed like that, she said. D -d -d well, he's my brother, I replied for want of something better. Yes, she said, and that's even worse. She launched such a tirade at me. My auntie Nancy, who's 95 and not at all the best, leapt to my defence. Don't you talk to your Auntie Audrey like that, she said. Well, such a kerfuffle ensued, the next thing I know, I'm in here. Oh, they let me keep this, you know, menopause. <laughs> oh, it's my soul. Hello, love, are you coming to get me? Bail? Me? I've not tried to stab anybody. Don't be silly, they're just bits of tin and plastic. A letter opener? At a funeral? Now why would... No! No, that was Auntie Nancy's hat pin. Yes, well, it's a bloody big hat. Look, have you got any good news for me? Well, would you like to ring me back when you have? Flipping neck. I'm not kidding, they'll have me undrawn and quartered soon. Oh, don't start crying again, lover. Things are bad enough as they are. Oh, oh yes, officer. I'm Audrey Williams. 
I can what? Go? What, as in home? Oh, look, if it's me auntie Nancy and she's confessed, ignore her. She's 95 and senile. No, not that I can remember it, but if I've done the crime, I shall do the time. Oh, will you shut up? She's what? Drop the charges? Muriel? Are you sure? Yes, well, I should flaming well think so, and no wasting everyone's time. I shall have words. No, uh, possibly not then, officer, hey? <laughs> Leave things be. Oh, there you go, you see, love, truth, will out, justice shall prevail. Now dry your eyes, you'll be out of here in no time. <laughs> she won't? Why not? She's done what? To her husband? With a hatchet? Oh, my Lord. Well, this harsh and this bloody harsh. I thought she was covered in paint. She didn't say it wasn't. I've told her to put chuffing vanish on it. I can't believe you've put me in here with a mad axe woman. I could be in 20 pieces. She's what? She's very upset and can't remember. I don't suppose you've a relative who's a shoplifter, have you? Oh, nothing, officer. <laughs> nothing at all. Far be it from me. Mind you, I will say this. If she tells you she's menopausal, you can take it from me. She's a bloody liar. I'll never forget the moment we kissed the night of the hayride. The way that we hugged to try to keep warm while taking a sleigh ride. Magic moments memories we've been sharing magic moments when two hearts are caring time can't erase the memory of these magic moments This podcast is released under Creative Commons Agreement. For more information, visit cornucopia-radio.co.uk.